1: Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to Southern Remedy, Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Today, we're going to be talking about probably probably the hottest topic that I get in um, clinic from patients who come to see me, and that is weight management. And so we're going to be talking about how we can do that um safely and effectively and realistically, which is the most important part. Um, if you have a question for us about weight management, you can give us a call at 1877 MPB ring. It's 1877 672 7464. You can always email us, fit at mpbonline dot org. Or you can go over to Healthy Habits with Josie on Facebook and drop me a message there, either just on my timeline or in a uh, private message, however you would like to do that. All right. So weight management is probably the most asked about topic or a reason for people to come see me in clinic and also probably one of the most dreaded topics, Because most of us at some point in time have been dissatisfied with our weight, um, whether it be underweight or overweight, um, and wanting to make changes. uh, to that and have maybe seen degrees of success with things and also seen things that don't work for us. If you have been successful on your weight management journey, I'd love to hear it today. Um, I'd love to hear how you did it, um, what your successes were, what your struggles may have been because I think we all learn from each other as to what, uh, what works best in terms of, of weight management and we all, all struggle together sometimes. But when I'm talking about weight management, there's there's a reason why we talk about it. Um you know, there is kind of the the reasons that are more readily apparent, um like heart disease, which it's heart month, we talked about that the last time we were were live. Um and so weight management is an important part of that, but there's been some some newer things that have come out just over the last couple of weeks that while are not surprising, you know, have been kind of confirmed and validated in in the literature. And that's the link between obesity and type two diabetes. And so they looked at, in this study, which was in the Journal of the American Heart Association, I believe, um, they looked at what percentage of new cases of type two diabetes could be attributed to obesity. And almost half uh, of new diabetes cases were linked as the kind of the driver or the main contributing factor being weight. And that varied some depending on race and ethnicity and gender. Um, It was most closely associated with, um, with diabetes in women. Um, so more women had, um, uh, or were able to link their new diabetes, type two diabetes, back to um, obesity, and so it's it's you know it's important as we talk about metabolic health in terms of diabetes and heart disease and those kinds of things, but then also in light of COVID that we are are still dealing with, um, being overweight or obese, having weight um, issues does tend to have worse outcomes in terms of of COVID. It increases the risk of severe illness from COVID-19. It increases the risk of hospitalization. Uh, The kind of latest data is looking about three times the risk of hospitalization uh, when you have obesity. Uh, And then one that you might not necessarily think about, but... Is just lung volume, right? If we have more um, weight, especially around our midsection, right around our belly, um, then that can prevent our lungs from kind of expanding and filling with air and having good what we call reserve um, in the lungs and make it more difficult to, to ventilate well. So all of those things together increase the risk of having just worse outcomes and more severe illness with COVID. So all that to to be said, it's you know something that we can't shy away from, and we have to talk about. Um, we have to talk about weight management and how we can do that safely and effectively and realistically. And that realistic piece is the one that I work uh, most closely with folks on, because a lot of people come to see me with. Um, very large goals in mind, and it's great to, to have goals, but we want to kind of break those goals down into smaller steps. And when we do that, uh, it's a, you know, for a variety of reasons, it helps us see progress sooner and that reinforces motivation. Um, losing weight is not easy um, and it is definitely easy to get, um, kind of down and feeling like you aren't achieving anything for all the hard work that you're putting in. And so using those smaller goals and those intermediate goals um, are really important when we're working on weight management. And we already have a caller on the line. We'll go talk with Liz. Good morning, Liz. I hope you're doing well. Oh, you're I'm on doing, Southern Remedy. I'm
0: doing fantastic, Josie. And this is this is MPB Liz. I thought <laughs> I figured it was <laughs> I thought I'd start our calls off because I am so proud of myself. Um, beginning two years ago in April, I lost 70 pounds in about 70 wow. weeks. And it's just made a humongous difference in my life. Well, tell us how you did it. Well, um, state employees were offered a service called Naturally Slim which is also mm-hmm. I guess other people can sign up and my health insurance paid for it and it is a philosophy by some doctors in Texas and Louisiana cuz they always throw in all sorts of local stuff but it, you know it's it's a uh, you you, you want to be careful saying the word diet it's an yes. eating philosophy yes and it's it's embarrassingly old school. You only eat when you're hungry. When you're when you do eat, you try to take a long time to eat so that your head, your stomach tells your head, and your head realizes when you're full. You take small portions, and their little uh, catchphrase is ten five ten. You eat for about ten minutes, then take a five-minute break. Then, if you're still hungry, you can you continue to eat, but you really want to stretch it out. Put your fork down between bites. Focus on tasting. Um, it's kind of a joke. the The first week, it's it's lots of videos that you watch, and one of the you know it's kind of a joke. The first time is they have you taste a peanut. And then they have you taste half a peanut. And then they have you taste half of a half a peanut to remind you that for taste, you don't have to have a lot of quantity in your mouth, that you can take tiny bites and you still enjoy the taste of it. Uh, They also, after they get you mm, kind of teaching you the philosophy, then they move on to more um, how much sugar is bad for you? You know, how much sugar, you know, they do the, this is how much sugar is in a Coca Cola. Or, mm-hmm. you know, they talk about processed foods. They also, you know, also try to get people to walk your dog, even if you don't have a dog. And they get the, <laughs> they talk about the importance of, of moving. It was no rocket science, it was no 21st century information. But, you know, for me, it it helped at the, it was the right message at the right time. And to just tell you about my journey a little bit, 25 years ago, you know, someone said, oh, when's your baby due? And I said, Mm -hmm. well, four years ago. So that, that got me to join one of the weight loss things. And I lost 45 pounds so quickly. But then when, you know, I was finished. They, you know, I thought, who are you to tell me I can't eat a whole bag of Doritos? And I gained that weight plus more and had tried different weight loss things between the 25 years, and nothing really seemed to work. So that has given me the goal. I know it's possible. I know it's physically possible to lose a quantity of weight. I also know what happens if you don't change your habits and change your mindset. And I guess one of the inspirations that really got me going is when I started this, my husband had had a transplant, uh, an organ transplant, and it was successful. And my sister in law was going to have an organ, tra- wanted to have one, but didn't have a donor. But she was at a facility that would use uh, partial transplants, and my brother-in-law was going to be her donor, but he literally went under the knife, and they couldn't proceed with surgery. And so I, but I, my BMI was too much. I couldn't Mm -hmm. offer to be a donor. So that's what really got me saying, you know, my sister-in-law's life is at stake. I'm going to lose weight. And by the time my BMI got lower, she did, they changed some of the parameters and she was able to get a donation. But, uh, you know, I think having the goal and having the reason, and then remember, it is not a diet, it is your lifestyle and it's how you need to live.
1: Well, Liz, I am proud of you. And you gave us so many like inspirational nuggets of information in that, that really, you know, echo what what I try to do with people with weight management. What naturally slim does, which I'm familiar with that program as well, and I have patients who um, who utilize it. Is it's very much not about what you eat; it's about how you eat. You know, and the relationship that you have with food, and how you think about food in terms of of your body and and health. And probably the biggest thing that you mentioned was 70 pounds in 70 weeks. Right. And so that is slow and steady. Right. And, you know, I think a lot of people set the right total weight loss goal. They just set it in a, in an unrealistic timeframe. Um, you know, people be like, well, I want to lose 70 pounds in three months. And while that may be attainable for some, it may not be sustainable. And the rate at which you did it is appropriate, right? One to two pounds per week is kind of that slow and steady, sustainable, realistic weight loss that we talk about wanting people to to try and adopt. And you'll have, you know, periods where you go a little bit faster than that and then weeks where you might not lose any or kind of stay the same but that general pattern of one pound of wheat one pound per week is just a really nice healthy way to decrease weight and do it in a sustainable way where you don't have that yo-yo effect there so your call was the perfect call to jump off our our uh, talk today thank you so much for calling
0: well you're welcome and the one thing i you know had to remember over christmas was another little mantra is you can't gain 10 pounds if you don't gain five
1: that's right that's right that's a good one that's a good one I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: Thanks for joining us today. You're listening to Southern Remedy, Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell nurse practitioner at UMMC and we're talking about weight management today. And before the break, we had a great caller who kicked us off to talk about their weight loss journey and the success that they have seen um, with the slow and steady weight loss that they have been able to sustain for a, over a year now, which is fantastic. If you have a success story that you want to share with us, our number is one mpb ring It's one Our email is fit at mpbonline.org. Or you can go over to Facebook to healthy habits with Josie and leave me a message there. However you would like to get in touch with us. I love to read your messages. All right. Um, before the break, um, our caller mentioned a program naturally slim, which she gets through uh, was a covered benefit on her insurance as a state employee. Um, so, It's always worth kind of checking into your uh, insurance benefits to see if you have something like that or a similar program that's in there. Um, I did go to the website over the break just to kind of check out if you didn't have that covered benefit what would the the cost be and you know it varies depending on whether you pay it all in a lump sum or you do it per month and somewhere around 30 to 35 dollars a month on that now this is not me endorsing that program nobody from naturally slim pays me i have not been through the program it is just a tool that was mentioned earlier by um, a caller and i've had other patients that have used it and been successful with Um, another program that's out there that is, is online that people um, that I've had people go through um, or they have gone through it and have, have um, discussed their success is Noom. That's another um, online um, program. And what I think you'll find is consistent among these online programs is exactly what Liz was talking about, which is changing the relationship with food or how we think about food or why we choose the foods that we do choose. Um, Noom is um, also about, it's about thirty to forty dollars a month, I believe, as well. Um, I haven't dug into it as much, but I've had some patients that um, that have used Noom and hadn't been successful with that. Um, and then I also like uh, Full Plate Living is another program that's out there. I actually teach Full Plate Living uh, classes. And it's more a plant-based focused um, way to to eat. I, I, like Liz, I don't like the word diet. Diets imply something that you go on and go off of. Um, I much prefer just uh, this is the way I eat or eating pattern or, or things like that. But all those are programs out there if you feel like you need extra um, support there. But what all these programs and the way that I approach weight management have in common is that first initial step is finding the why or finding the purpose um, as to why you're doing things. Um, You know, Liz mentioned that she had previously lost weight kind of after, you know, somebody asked her when her baby was due. Uh, I think that's a common thing to have happen to women. I actually um, had someone come up to me at a meeting, this was probably, Let's see. My oldest was a baby. Um, So, you know, 10, 11 years ago and put their hand on my stomach and tell me congratulations. Now, that's bold. Um, That that is bold. Uh, So uh, and I, of course, was not pregnant. I had a um, about a He was probably about 12 months old at that particular point in time. And so um, I said, well, thanks. He's a year and just kind of moved on from it but uh, and so I, i'm very cognizant of that like i don't uh, unless somebody's in labor i pretty much don't ask them if they're pregnant out in public unless they are coming to see me as patient then i have to know but um she had some kind of initial motivation with that and lost some weight but didn't sustain it right and that is something that we see happen very very often with with folks and it wasn't until um she connected it kind of to a a bigger why for her, something that was much more um, tangible and important for her, which was her a family member needing her help that she wasn't able to provide um, because of her her weight issues, and that has it was a bigger motivation for her. So you can absolutely choose whatever why or whatever purpose um, is important to you. Um, I usually, even if you if that kind of first inclination is to say well i want to look better or you know i want to be able to wear a bathing suit and feel good about it or you know whatever it is think about another why right so after you get to that point right after you've maybe lost the you know 15 20 pounds whatever you you wanted to do to get to you know looking better or or feeling like you look better um what's going to be your motivation to continue to sustain that. Right. Um, And so for me, um, my why is my children, right? So I want them to have a healthy relationship with food and to, you know, be healthy for a lifetime. And so I try to model that as well as doing that for my patients. So my, my why is that I want to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. So if I ask people to, to eat healthier and make better food choices and to exercise and to work on their stress and to work on their sleep, then I got to do that too. because uh, there, you y'all are, all of y'all are holding me accountable for those things. And that keeps me motivated to continue to be, to make healthier choices, not perfection, but healthier choices. So finding your why is important and writing it down, right? I really am a big proponent of writing that, Um, that reason down and it can be very private. You can, you know, write it down, um, and you know, your day planner that you may keep or a journal. If you do that, I make mine front and center. I put my Y on a sticky note and I have it stuck in multiple places. I have it in my office at work. I have it stuck on my mirror in the bathroom. I have it stuck on my fridge. I have it. I even have one stuck on, um, in my little home workout area that I have so that i always remember why I'm doing the things that I'm doing as well as giving myself grace, right? Knowing that there are days where you're just not going to feel like it and you just don't do it and that's okay. That's not kind of throwing the whole process out. It is um, being intentional about why you're doing the things that you're doing. The next thing that Liz mentioned was was having a goal, you know, and so let's talk about what a goal means. A lot of times when we're talking about weight loss, people come in with a weight loss goal, right? They say, I want to lose 50 pounds, right? Um, that absolutely can be a goal, but I would think about that being a kind of downstream, longer type of goal. And let's think about the kind of smaller intermediate goals that we need to do to get to that particular point in time, right? Maybe you're a soda drinker. Right. And so that goal may be that you kind of ditch the soda or just cut back. Right. If you're drinking lots of soda, maybe we get down by 50 percent. Right. And so that can be a goal that we work on. Right. Because it's a crucial step in getting to the overall overall goal that you have Um, think about buying a car or buying a house right you wouldn't just go do that without any plan for being able to sustain that I mean you might but somebody's gonna come get your stuff right somebody's gonna come get your car somebody's gonna take your house back so we have to have a plan to get there and so maybe that first plan is getting a job right and if it's a job that's going to require, you know, a degree, maybe it's going to school. So writing those smaller goals and the action steps that you need to do to get to that bigger goal is is how we want to to really proceed and do things. And so I often ask people to think about something that they're proud of that they've achieved or accomplished, right? So maybe it is finishing school, maybe it's getting a job. And I go, "Well, how how did you do that?" Right? Um, so you have this job that you really love that you enjoy. How did you get that job, and why do they let you keep coming back? Right, and it's because you worked hard and you did good at your job. And so those same principles apply to um, any type of health behavior change that we're talking about. It's about putting in um, putting in the work. Now that doesn't mean that if you have been unsuccessful in your weight um, loss journey or weight maintenance journey, that um, you weren't trying hard, right? I think that's a lot of a lot of uh, misconception that people have that um, you must be lazy or uh, you know different things like that. That's not it. It's often just about not finding the right motivation, not writing the right goals, um, and planning for the steps that we need uh, to to do in order to get get where we're going in life. All right. Um, the other thing that Liz mentioned was she said it was the right message at the right time. And that right time is so important, right? It is you have to you have to be ready um to to really put in the focus and the work toward weight management. It can't um be something that you go, well, I would like to okay, do, um, or I would need to do or I would want to do. It's got to really move into the this is what I will do. And so when I'm working with people, I listen for that language. Um, You know, when I ask, you know, maybe why did you come in to see me today? Um, And it's often what I need to lose weight um, or uh, I want to lose weight, those kinds of things. And I'm really looking for at some point during that visit, our language to change over from I want to, or I need to, to I will do this because that moves us from kind of thinking about doing things into actually the action step of doing things. And that's when we really start to see um, behavior change. And we don't always have to go from uh, thinking about it to doing it overnight. There's an intermediate step called that planning stage, right? And so I love to see people just move from that thinking about it to then thinking about how I will do that. Um, and working on that plan, we just don't want to get stuck in the planning stage for for too long um, and over plan. Uh, no plan is ever perfect. We just have to make realistic uh, plans to get where we want to be. Um, the other thing that was talked about was uh, the that nut where she talked about they gave her like half a peanut and all this because that's a technique of mindful eating, and it sounds silly. And it sounds ridiculous. Um, I have gone through that exercise. They actually, uh, it was in a, a live conference. They brought around, a, like a dish and there was a pecan, some chocolate, and maybe a raisin. I'm not sure. Um, in there and they said, you know, pick whichever one you want and actually pick three of whatever it is you want. Three of the same thing. Right. And we went through some exercises where you kind of just looked at one of them. Right. And then you put it in your mouth and didn't really do anything with it. You just kind of let it sit there for a little while. And then one where you chewed it a certain amount of time. And, you know, when I started, I kind of felt silly doing it, you know, but as it progressed, like after the first two nuts, they're like, okay, the last one that you have there, um, if you want it, eat it. If you're satisfied and don't feel like you need it, don't eat it. And the vast majority of people didn't pick it up and, And eat it because they had gone through the steps of appreciating what it looked like and what it smelled like and what it tasted like instead of just kind of woofing it down. So I talk to you guys a lot about not eating in front of the television um, or, you know, kind of scrolling your phone or social media while you're eating. And that's the principle behind that, because when you do that, you are a distracted eater. And so you over consume things because you're not not really fully present and appreciating what you're eating, right? Um just like Liz mentioned, a small amount of food kind of satisfies that craving for whatever, you know, it is whether it's salty or sweet or you know those different types of things in there. And past a certain point, we're not really tasting that anymore. We're just putting volume in. So slowing down Really being present with your food and enjoying it like like some Doritos. Y'all know Doritos are my jam, but I don't eat them very often. But when I do, I sit down and I really enjoy those Doritos and I appreciate them for the the, you know, yumminess that they are. And then I move on. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app.
0: Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, is a show that explores issues that relate to you and your family. To find out what we're all about, subscribe to the podcast by using any podcast app or by downloading our MPB public media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Josie Bidwell, and we've been talking all about weight management today. Um, We've got a thread going up over on Facebook at healthy habits with Josie that you're um, free to comment on and send us messages through Um, as well as our just regular old phone number one, eight, seven, seven MPB ring. Um, If you have a success story about weight management, or if you're struggling with something and want us to help you out, we will do our best to do so. Um, I do have a couple comments over on Facebook. Um, I asked what People thought the key to success was um, for weight management and somebody coming in persistence. And I fully agree. It is a, uh, a marathon and a journey, not a sprint. Uh, and then Carlos says, I had success by giving up alcohol and sugary drinks and eating six small meals during the day. Um, as well as he says, I think going vegan also helps. So yay for um, a fellow plant-based eater. Um, you know, we've talked a lot on the show about that and being careful with vegan um, because not all vegan foods are healthy, right? French fries and Oreos are vegan, um, but are not going to be the key to, to weight loss. But a healthy, um, whole food plant-based diet can be a great strategy. And he mentioned giving up alcohol and sugary drinks, which... Absolutely. Um, a lot of folks, um, when they think about their weight and they think about the food that they eat, they'll say, well, I don't really eat a lot. And you may not. But we have to look for those hidden calories and things. And alcohol is a big trap for that, especially um maybe cocktails that are mixed with other things because they're often mixed with sodas and juices and and simple syrup, which is just liquid sugar and those kinds of things. So they can add up very, very quickly. Um, And then the sugary drinks. But we do have a caller on the line. So I want to go to Brandon and talk with Jessica. Good morning, Jessica. I hope you're doing well. How can we help you? Hey, so I decided that I wanted to start eating healthier and eating more vegetables. And okay. they go bad in my refrigerator before I can make them. So I decided I was going to go with the frozen kind. Okay. And I realized that
0: I don't know how to cook them without butter and bacon and salt
1: and all of those yes. terrible things. And yes. So you're you're not alone. To, um, you, you know that we cook them. that a lot in the South. Yeah. So do you have so, any tips on how to season things oh, in a healthy way? Absolutely. I got lots of tips there. So. Um, the first one is you know, just to kind of echo back to your, they go bad on me in the fridge. Um, always go with a plan, right? So of what you're going to make. And lots of times we, when we make this decision to eat healthier, we go to the store and we buy all the things, you know, kind of all the vegetables and fruits and those kinds of things. And we don't kind of have a clear cut plan for how we're going to use them. And they go bad. The, the most notorious one I think is the bag of, uh, or the, uh, the bin of salad greens, uh, I like can yeah. just they people buy it right and now. they eat like one handful of salad greens out of there and then it turns into a slimy wilted mess um, or yeah. berries. Um, so having a plan is always a good thing to, to, to start with. But to answer your question about tips for cooking things, so um, roasting is a really good way to, to do a lot of vegetables, um, because the kind of natural sugars in the veggies come out and get kind of caramelized. And so that kind of adds a, like a different layer of, of flavor to things. So you can do those on a, you know, on a sheet pan, um, with just a little spritz of oil. If you feel like you need it, I don't even roast mine with any oil on them. Um, and a little bit of salt and pepper. Remember a little bit of salt is not the end of the world when we start with, um, Unpackaged things, you know, or we start with uh, vegetables that aren't um, frozen with a sauce on them or a seasoning packet or anything like that, like that on there. If we're going to kind of saute a veggie um, like green beans or something like that, you think about different ways to do that. Normally we plop butter or oil over in the pan and we don't really need that. Um, There's a a technique called water or stock sauteing, um, which is actually what I use. So you put your veggies over in the pan and as they start to heat up and start to kind of stick to the pan a little bit, we just put a little splash of water, a little splash of, of low sodium veggie stock over in there Um, And that kind of keeps it from sticking. And as that, um, as that evaporates, we just add a little bit more and you still get all that lovely kind of caramelized flavor from things, but without the added oil. And then think about your non salt um, spices. So garlic, onions, pepper, red pepper flakes, citrus, all your herbs. And then my trick for replacing the bacon um, is smoked paprika. And so that's different than kind of the regular, like, you know, just bottle of paprika we keep in our cabinet that's usually more Mm -hmm. of a sweet paprika smoked paprika when you open it it smells like a like a woodshed in there (laughs) because it is smoked and when you cook that in your vegetables it gives that smoky flavor that we associate with bacon or another type of, of smoked meat there and I just sprinkle that in my greens things like that and it gives it a wonderful flavor that people go oh what is that in there that's delicious so those are all some some tips for cooking those veggies that's wonderful it sounds really easy too thank you very much hey absolutely thank you so much for giving us a call let's go to Chris in Hamilton Alabama good morning Chris how can we help you
2: Hey, uh, Doctor, I called you a couple of weeks ago and talked to you, and I, I'm the one I, I don't eat. I put eating red meat about, I guess, six or seven years ago, and I feel so mm-hmm. much better. But I wanted uh, to mention it. I might have mentioned it last time, but I make my own snack mix.
0: Ooh. And
2: I put cheese nips, wheat thins, the chicken, you know, the chicken biscuit things.
0: Mm-hmm. they hmm
2: They're all low-fat or no-fat and low sugar hardly if it go if it go anything goes like over 1 gram of sugar i don't i don't put it in there but i have like a mixture of like five or six things in it and i just shake it up and like one taste goes to another one you know if you got a bag mm-hmm. you know with this one thing you're going to get burnt out you know yeah the- yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll snack on it. If I'm hungry, like, after the evening meal, you know, we eat it, like, around 5 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Around 7 or 8, usually somebody's going to get hungry, you know, once. <laughs> <Right>? I used <laughs> I want to, to grab a pack of potato chips or corn chips, and I'd feel so bad. And mm-hmm. But right now, like, I weigh about 198. My highest weight's been 254. But I just grab that <clears throat> snack mix, and it's just like MasterCard. I don't leave home without it. I keep it in my car, too.
1: <laughs> I love that. And I love that you keep keep it in your car because oftentimes, you know, when we're out and we're running around and we get hungry, we either go through the drive-thru or we stop at a convenience store and pick up things that While may not look terrible on the front of the package, when we actually look at the back of it, it's not so great there. So I make my own snack mixes, too. Um, And the one I like, um, I I like a little sweeter uh, mix. So I do... Cheerios, well, not the actual Cheerios. I like Power O's. They're made out of beans. Don't tell my kids, but um, those and like a dried cranberry or a dried apricot or something like that, and then some uh, nuts. And I throw those together in in a big thing and mix that up. And that's that's kind of what I keep for my little emergency. I'm hangry stash.
2: That's wonderful. I mean, you can take two or three bites and you're
1: satisfied. You know, so. absolutely, absolutely, yeah. But, yeah. Thank you so I much for giving it. us a call. I love the show. Thanks. Well, I thank you so much for listening there, guys. Um, So, you know, uh, Chris and I both have that same habit, but what we eat is different, right? And so that's the whole thing about making things customizable and fitting in with your Lifestyle, we took a technique, which is kind of trying to avoid maybe packaged snack mixes that you can't control what's in, and building one that you enjoy and that you um, that you like. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: Another uh, thing that Chris mentioned that is often helpful for folks is he said they eat dinner about five, um, which I know that might not be realistic for some folks. Um, You know, I don't get home uh, until about five, five thirty a lot of nights there. But trying to eat earlier in the night and avoiding avoiding this big kind of calorie bomb at the end of the day is really, really important. You do burn less calories when you're sleeping. So if we make the biggest meal of the day happen at the end of the day when we're not as physically active and we're going to go to sleep, then we tend not to burn through those calories um, completely. And we kind of start the day um, already over our calorie uh, goal for that day. So I usually try and cut off eating by about three to four hours before bedtime. Um, So for me, bedtime is 10. So I try and kind of cut out my meals and not have meals after about, um, six 30 or seven, but you know, you can make that flexible with how that works in your lifestyle there. So we're not going to take a break. We're just going to keep talking and that is fine. So if you have a question or a comment for us, you just go ahead and do that. Our number is one mpb ring. Um, one other um, question that I get asked a lot is, um, about, cutting back on salt, which we alluded to when, um, When uh, Jessica called a minute ago, and we actually had a comment on Facebook that says, One way I cut down on salt is eating a can of mixed vegetables and pour the juice into a can of no salt added beans to eat later. Okay, that's a way to kind of balance it out there. Um, Another trick that you can do is um, drain those veggies and rinse them, Um, that removes about 28% of the salt, or buy those no salt added products that you have there. Make your own spice blends as well. It's a heck of a lot cheaper than buying um, individual packets of seasonings, maybe for tacos or for spaghetti sauce or any of those different kinds of things. Um, I have a couple of spice mixes up on uh, my Facebook and Instagram that uh, are low salt um, added spice mixes. Um, and you just gotta think about which spices kind of go together, right? So um, tonight is actually gonna be uh, like Mexican Monday at, at our house. And so we're gonna be having um, tacos tonight. And so the the flavors that we generally associate with with that cuisine are things like um, cumin and lime and um, garlic, and pepper, and chili powder, and those kinds of things. So adding those spices together is a really great way um, to get that um, kind of Tex-Mex flavor that you're looking for without all the salt that comes in those packaged mixes um, there. Same deal if we're doing Italian type food, right? Garlic, and parsley, and oregano, and basil, Um, An onion, those are kind of those flavors that we associate with a Mediterranean um, type flavor. So you can mix and match those things to kind of create your own um, own seasoning blends that you add to things there. Um, another question that I get a ton of questions about is, should I be on a weight loss medication? And that's not a question that I can absolutely answer for you. Um, it is an individual um, decision. Um, I will tell you that weight loss medications should always be coupled with the lifestyle change. Um, they are, are a tool in the kit in terms of um, losing weight, but they are not the magic bullet or the magic pill so to speak that that doesn't exist. And so um usually there are guidelines on those weight loss medications that you have to meet in order to get on those which is a BMI which is that body mass index that weight for height and there are lots of BMI calculators out on the internet that you can google and and use but it's a BMI of greater than or equal to 30. Or greater than or equal to 27 with a weight-related weight condition like diabetes or hypertension or high cholesterol or sleep apnea, something like that. Um, so you do have to meet criteria for that. And, and most of them are pretty um, short-term um, for usage. Things like Atapex, um, Contrave is one of the other ones that you may see uh, more often. And they kind of, if you're not losing weight on those, like contrave, if you haven't lost 5% of your total body weight by four months, then that gets um, discontinued. And so you got to kind of couple... The, the lifestyle with those medications when you use those and, and I really recommend if you have the access to someone who is trained in obesity medicine and prescribes those and understands how those work that's your best bet for, um, for getting a consultation with them to make sure they pick the right medication for you as well as get you on a lifestyle plan to help support that weight loss from a sustainable way um, and they're not been medications, right? Um, you know, in particular, adapex can raise your blood pressure, can speed up your heart rate, those kinds of things. So for folks who have um, blood pressure that may not be controlled very well, or that have heart rhythm disturbances, um, like maybe AFib, or, you know, um, rhythms that run too fast, that would definitely be something that I probably would not recommend for those, um, those individuals, because it may just flat make it Worse, but the take home to that is get someone who's experienced and knowledgeable about prescribing those medications if that's something that you're interested in, and it should always always go hand in hand with a um, lifestyle change program that focuses on nutrition and physical activity, but also sleep and stress management because it's so much more than what you eat and how much you move. It's the entirety of your lifestyle that we're looking at. Um, To um, to deal there. Now, there um, is some of the diabetes medications like um, Victoza. It's under a different brand name when it's used for weight loss and it's at a different dosage as well. Um, it, it does show some some good results with that. It requires it getting it to a dose that oftentimes people can't tolerate that well, just from some um, nausea um, side effects and things like that. But that is an option. And then actually, they released a study this week um, for an upcoming medication that is also used in diabetes that is having some good results in terms of of weight loss. So we'll kind of stay tuned there on on that one. But You know, the take home to all of this is one size most definitely does not fit all. Um, And we have to take strategies, which the strategies that we've talked about are finding the why, right? Finding your motivation for making a change. Writing a really good goal that is specific measurable, achievable, and realistic for you and writing the action steps that we need in order to do that. Right. And when we're talking about weight loss, I generally recommend 5% of your total body weight as that initial goal um, in terms of the actual weight loss. But how we get there is an individualized um individualized plan. So reach out to your healthcare provider for um, guidance in that. That's what we're here for is to help you guys. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, associate professor of preventive medicine and nurse practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. I'm Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org.